We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Be- because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Would you consider that? Is that a prayer? It's an acclamation. Oh yeah, an acclama- an acclamation. I, I think acclamations are wonderful, and they are liturgical, and they are inclusive, and they are part of our ritual as Catholics. Sure. Hi everybody. Welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. We're uh, we're getting a- ready. AKA the acclamation. The <laughs> you are the acclamation. Yeah. I am the acclamation, and the response. The <laughs> Anyway, we're uh, we're getting ready for Stations of the Cross. I was just thinking, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had our our traditional stations. I was wondering as we go, as you were getting to Station Fourteen, how your genuflecting kneel was. Knee well, was I feeling. have to tell you, I did very well. I genuflected at each of the Stations of the Cross. You did. I was and, watching. And as I walk around, the because I stop at each of the stations, it's it's really meant to be. Stations are meant to be a physical movement. You're going from station, literally station to station to station. Right. Uh, they were developed uh, for people who could not go to the Holy Land to pray the journey that Jesus would have taken to Calvary. Because you can physically do that in, and, yeah. in a way while you're in the Holy Land, correct? Yes, you can. In yeah. fact, it's done all day long. There are uh, different groups of uh, pilgrims who carry a wooden cross right down the right through the heart of town, wow. the, the old city. But uh, it was developed so that churches throughout the world could do this. And if you notice, almost every church, all the stations are placed strategically around the entire inside of the building. Not yeah. just, once in a while you see them all in one place, mm-hmm. but really they're meant to be kind of spread out. So you, you do the actual walking. Well, in the traditional one, which we did, uh, the Alphonsus Liguori version. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start off with that acclamation, and the priest and everybody else genuflex. So, my body did pretty well. I genuflected and got up, and I tried to go all the way down so my knee touches the floor. Yeah, you're very good. But I found myself about after about the third or fourth or fifth or sixth, making sure that I had my hand resting on something just to keep balance. Mm-hmm. Well. It went well, and I felt fine. The next day, on that sa- was on Friday night. So Saturday. Saturday, I came to church, and when I had Saturday evening mass, uh-huh. and you genuflect as part of mass, uh-huh. I got down there, and I felt parts of my muscles that I had overused the day before. Your genuflector was ref- reflecting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then come Sunday, I still felt it. Really? And... Uh, it took several days to kind of wear off. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you healed from it. Yes, I did. You know, either genuflecting or carrying a cross to your crucifixion. Yeah. You can pick. Did I tell you the story about the little boy who saw me at church? His family moved up to sit in the front row on the side. Yeah, uh, because uh, the mother family decided the kids need to be able to see better. Mm-hmm. And the son, at that point, finally made a discovery. All all these. T- times they were at mass and he saw me genuflect yeah he thought that i had dropped something and i was going down and picking it up so when he when he sat on the side and he could see that i was genuflecting he realized i wasn't realized i wasn't dropping things that that priest has butterfingers yeah he he, keeps dropping everything every mass well friends if you'd like to join us for stations of the cross uh if you're listening to this on thursday or friday early in the day this week 
Uh, there is stations this week on Friday evening at 7 p.m. That's Friday, March 18th. Uh, that will be through the eyes of Mary. Yeah, it's we, going to be more of a reflection uh, meditation. Then we have another Stations of the Cross on Friday, April 1st at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, our final one for Holy Week will be on Friday. Good Friday, which is April fifteenth this year, that one will take place at two p.m. So and still, then, and then we di- we have the official liturgical observance of Good Friday at seven o'clock in the evening. Sure. Traditionally, lots of parishes had the the official prayer in the afternoon, and maybe in the evening they would have Stations of the Cross or Vespers. Yeah. Uh, we have been doing the official on Friday afternoon because so many of our people still have to work on Good Friday. Uh Now, I don't know what's happening with COVID that people are working from home, uh, how free they are, but we we continue to to do the official liturgy on Good Friday evening. Yeah, that's always worked well for us. So plenty of opportunities for stations yet. If you'd like to join us, uh, you are welcome to come. It's generally a very nice time of quiet prayer and meditation. And I do have to tell you, I talked to Jason about Good Friday. Oh, Jason, our good friend, Jason Eichenberg, parishioner and very strong person who's going to carry the cross and lift high the cross on Good Friday for the veneration. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. So as we uh, pivot here, we're going to get into the third Sunday of Lent. We are uh, still in year C. It did not change from last week. So that's a good thing. And as I said last week, year one is always the temptations from the desert. uh, Week one, week two is always uh, some version of the Transfiguration on the Mountain. Yeah. But weeks three, four, and five differ from year to year. This is where I start to enjoy it. If I'm being really honest, which you didn't ask, but I'm going to be, I kind of get sick of the temptations in the Transfiguration every year. It's same old, same old. But now we get to change it up a little bit. You know, you get tired of things pretty quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. I like I like, would you like Would you like to talk about that? Uh, Maybe I, I, know, I know you change... I, I know you change your furniture in your house every so often. You get tired of it. I haven't in this house as much as I used to in previous houses. We just yeah. changed houses. That was much better. <laughs> you change houses. You change cars. You I just freshen things up. You haven't out. traded your kids in or anything? No, we still have the original ones. Okay. They're still around. Uh, but yeah, I sometimes I I feel as though... if I'm. You want me to be really honest? Well, it's just you and me and six, six other people. people. I feel spiritually sometimes it gets repetitive. I just want new I want new things to chew on. And I know you can hear different things every year. Okay, we're going to chew on something very new this year because this is one of the most challenging Lenten Sunday readings we have. Yeah, that's great. Bring it on. I'm ready. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let you read the first part. Is this the one where Jesus gets a Porsche? It's not, no, that's not no, it. No. <laughs> that's not that uh, different. No, you All read right. the part about the blood that Pilate mingled with the blood of the for sacrifices, which is pretty gross. Uh, but you get to read that, and I'll, I'll pick up where he tells them the parable. Okay. We are, for those following along, Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, 
you will all perish as they did. And I told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on the tree on it and found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this tree for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more chance. Bear fruit. The <laughs> <laughs> final chance is always appreciated. Don't you think? Well, yes, one more chance. Uh, you know, after three years, you wonder, okay, what's going to happen the next year? Yeah. Now the good good news is the gardener is going to give it more attention. Right. This It almost reminds me of parenting because you know a, a child does something and they know that they shouldn't do and of course then there's a consequence and then they say oh but but dad give me one more chance can i have one more chance and then because i'm not god i said no you can't have one more chance <laughs> <laughs> but everybody is always looking for one more chance for lent i've been reading a biography of uh, saint charles de Foucault, the the frenchman who spent time in africa and ended up really becoming one of the most unique saints of the last two centuries. Mm-hmm. But if you read about him, he he was not saintly in his youth, and <laughs> he squandered all kinds of things, uh, dissolute living, uh, wasting money, uh, getting kicked out of school. Uh, he, he eventually got into the army, and I think they said there were 177 commissioned officers, and he ended up being... 176th in his class, <laughs> uh, but finally there was a conversion. It like it took it took a lot of opportunities. It sure. was over and over again, and finally his whole life changed. Mm. You know that in some ways is the overarching theme of Lent, right? Yeah, it's not just what we do. We we do the the prayer, we do the the sacrifice, we do the repentance, we we do. Uh, more service and charity, almsgiving, if you will. But we do that basically just to open ourselves up so God can work in us. Mm-hmm. We got to get ourselves uh, out of ourselves. Well, uh, so many times, I think in the spiritual life, it is. It's all about, it's all focused on doing. It's action oriented. It's what can I do instead of allowing some quiet time to see how God is working. A few years ago, I went back and I, I read the bulletins from, oh, I don't know, five or six years ago, but I must have, at the beginning of Lent, either on Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday, kind of thrown out the idea, you know, not what you, what this, you are doing this Lent, but what is God doing in you in the next six weeks? Mm-hmm. Because as I read the bulletin, when it came to Holy Week, I had raised the question, okay, now look back. Yeah. How has God been working in you? Mm-hmm. I never heard a response from anybody about anything. <laughs> so, and he went home and he cried all by himself. At least with this podcast, we have at least six people responding. I would have, I would have answered you had you I, had I known you were so lonely. 
But you know, isn't that the isn't that really the moral of the story? So many times in life, in the moment you think, "Wow, where is God in all of this?" But when you look back in hindsight, you see a very clear path or a very clear hand of where God was moving through people and and circumstances. I, I even say that about blessings. I tell people, be thankful for the blessings that you know, but be thankful for the blessings that you don't know are blessings. Yeah. We might be blessed today in ways that we won't even appreciate for, for a while, a week, a year, 10 years from now, we might say, oh, I guess that was a blessing after all. Like when we look back and say, look at all those times that we sat down for 23 minutes and just had a conversation together. We may miss this sometime. sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't seem genuine. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, yes, we will. Now, let's talk about the gospel before we squander all of our 23 minutes. <laughs> uh, the first half, the part that Michael read, you've got to kind of figure this one out. They had this notion that if something bad happens, you're a great sinner. Or the, the reverse or the converse is if you're a good person, nothing bad ever happens. Hmm. That still persists. People sort of assume that if I'm a good person, I should never have a problem. Or those bad people, people who suffer, those families that always go through struggles, they must be bad people. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. So there, there apparently was something that Jesus was referring to. Galileans, these are people of his own part of the country. So they, Galilee is the northern part where Jesus was from. May I interject something? Surely. I was watching a movie. I told you about this, but I was watching a movie. It was a, probably a month or two ago now, uh, and it was about a a son who had a very serious addiction to drugs. And no matter how many times he had gone into rehab and and tried to get out of it, um, and the part of the movie that hit me the hardest was when the when the father was sitting in the hospital with his son, and he said. Why are you doing this to us? We aren't these people. We aren't these type of people. Oh, you mean people. Say, saying that to God? No, he was saying this to his son. Son, okay. This isn't us. This isn't the type of people that we, we are. are. Why are you doing this to us? And I thought, wow, how many times, you know, insert whatever stressful situation it may be, we think, oh, it's these type of people that experience this because of X, Y, or Z, yeah. but surely that wouldn't happen to us. And then this man in the midst of his his trauma and his anger and his sadness is lashing out and, and realizing, oh my gosh, we are these people, but I never thought it would happen to us. But, but it's that whole question of what do we mean by these people? Right. We are one with humanity. Right. And good people suffer a lot. Bad people sometimes suffer a lot too, but we don't, it's, it's not a cause and effect. Well, it's not, and, that, and maybe that's my point, is that there aren't these people. There are just people. Yeah. Things happen to people, and God's hand is with you through it, whether you recognize it or not. So this first part of this gospel about the Galileans, apparently somehow they were killed, and it was like a bloody killing of these Galileans, whatever happened. And then Pilate, Pilate, who is the procurator for Jerusalem, not Galilee, but he, he took the blood from these Galileans and put it with the sacrifice in the pagan sacrifice. Hmm. I mean, that's about a low blow where not only do they kill you, but they take your blood and burn it in the sacrifice to the false gods. Hmm. So that was uh, adding insult to injury. Sure. Big time. Then the other one with the, the tower falling. 
you know, again, why did those people, um, why did those people suffer so much? And was there a story behind that? So this whole first section, Jesus is trying to say, it's, it's not just those people, again, as you just said, those people who should repent. Everybody needs to repent. Mm -hmm. Then the gospel shifts considerably to this parable about the fig tree. Um, it is quite the, quite the turn. Yeah, it's a completely, it's like two passages it's together. It's a scene change. So I'm going to have to decide which one will get my attention in the gospel, in my, in my homily. I can hear both paragraphs saying, pick me, pick me. And I'll say, uh, okay, I like figs. <laughs> but you don't like blood. Okay, figs win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like fig trees. Uh, I like figs. Uh, I like fig newtons. I know we've we have we've talked, talked about that, we've exhausted that they're not fig newtons anymore they're just newtons yes but I I do like them uh, but it's that whole thing about okay the first maybe the uh, the the connection is the first part is it's a call to repent yeah you know everybody needs to repent not just those bad people whoever those bad people are mm -hmm. the second part is that when we repent God gives us another chance. And that's the fig tree connection. Mm. It's another chance. Are you going to sing a God of second chances or third chances or I, final chances? I wasn't planning on it, but if you give me another chance, maybe I will try. <laughs> you know, the, here the word that I took out of this when I was, you know, last week we were talking about picking themes out of the readings to choose music. The one that I I kind of took because I I liked this this word and this word had not hit me before in this reading was the future. That we're we're looking towards we're cultivating things now and tending to things now for betterment down the road. It's not an immediate satisfaction. So, do you know what song we are singing this weekend? Uh, Greater will be the future of this place. Oh, that's wonderful. That we are, you know, we as parish are tending and cultivating, but it's also, you know, we know that here we are on the third week of Lent. In just a few weeks, we go from death to glory. Good things are coming. But to get the moat, I think you had just said just a little bit ago, you know, asking, looking back through the season of Lent and how has God changed, worked, in, worked us. in you? Yeah. We have to take the time now to cultivate that and to fertilize it so that there will be a greater outcome. But there's always first that admission we are sinners. Mm. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi said you have to remember the first step of spirituality know thyself and when he says know thyself or know yourself mm -hmm. know yourself the way god knows you so god sees your strengths god sees the goodness in you god sees that you are a gift from god yeah god also sees that sometimes you don't appreciate it yourself god sees that you mess it up god sees that sometimes you you hurt others intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. But you start with that, know yourself, and then you can figure out where you go. Mm. Almost like the song, Take Me, Take Me As I Am. Take or take me as I am. Take or take me. Take or take. We're singing that at a wedding in, in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there, you know, and this is what I was saying earlier, third week of Lent, wild card reading, so many good things to talk about. We could do another podcast for the for the right of uh, the first scrutiny for the RCIA. Mm -hmm. The first scrutiny comes on the third Sunday. Uh, this year we're going to do the first scrutiny 
at the 1145 Mass, which is we pray over the candidates. Okay. The second scrutiny is the fourth Sunday of Lent, so that would be on the 27th. That would be at the 10 o'clock Mass. And the third one is at the 5 o'clock Mass the following weekend. Mm -hmm. So we have three different congregations to speak of to, to pray over the candidates. Sure. And then, of course, the big culmination at the Easter Vigil. Easter Vigil. It's coming up before we know it. It will be here. Yeah. So also, I was just going to mention, because this is always a, a favorite of so many people, the psalm this weekend is Psalm 103, the Lord is kind and merciful. This one comes up a lot, especially in um, my wedding planning with couples. A lot of people gravitate towards the text of Psalm 103. I think it's very... Bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord secures justice and the rights of all the oppressed. He has made known the ways to, the, his ways to Moses and his deeds to the children of Israel. Merciful and gracious is the Lord. I love this next line. Yes. Slow to anger and abounding in kindness. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness toward those who fear him. You got to you got to hang in to the last verse to really get the Yeah, this is def fullness. this is definitely a do all four verses type of psalm. So we will. You will. Why not? So anyway, so as we uh, journey through this third week of Lent, uh, we hope that you are able to really take some time with this gospel reading, especially because there's so much going on in it. Spend some time with it this week before you come to Mass, and then we will unpack it together as church this weekend. And have that balance between our own repentance and God's mercy. All right, friends, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on Saturday or Sunday.